Well, as a new year, and uh, there's many things that we consider at New Year's time. People make all kinds of resolutions and uh, plans. You're looking forward to a new year, and it feels good just like uh, the, the fresh snow outside. You look at this year as being pretty fresh, and you're able to uh, look forward with uh, a new perspective. And there is something that I would like to share with you today. And this has been on my heart for some time. And it refers to running a race. And I'm thinking of us running a race. That as we think of a new year, we think of the race that we are in. And there's a comparison between running a race and our spiritual journey. And I was, I was uh, blessed. I don't know who all gets uh, our daily bread, but I was blessed on December 29th. I read this little story in our daily bread, and uh, I found it very applicable. And uh, it was about a 12-year-old girl that had signed up for a five-kilometer run. It was just a small marathon in, in a way, but just a smaller, shorter run. And uh, she was quite anxious about it, and so she went early to the start off. And uh, lo and behold, there was a group of runners there that were getting all ready to, to go. And uh, it was 15 minutes earlier than what her race was supposed to start. Only what she didn't realize was that these, uh, these runners that she kind of pulled in alongside she just thought that everyone was starting a little early, and it was a, um, they were participants of a half marathon, 13.1 miles, and uh, she didn't realize that when she started, but uh, after she got to mile four, and she saw no signs of uh, the end of her race, she realized that she was in a much longer and a more difficult race. But instead of dropping out, she kept running. And she completed her 13.1 mile race and placed out of the, the amount of finishers was 2,111 people that finished the race. And she came in 1,885. So she was about in the, in the lower 10%, but she finished that race. She just kept going. And some days the Christian race feels like it's not the one we signed up for. That it's something longer, something more difficult than what we really expected. But you know, as God provides what we need, we can persevere and keep on running. And this message is about your race your personal race, and it's a personal race. Let us run the race that is set before us. And I'm so glad we can all be winners. We can all be winners because we're not, it's not a competition. It's your personal race. 
And I want to read a couple of scriptures as I get into the, mo the rest of my message. Hebrews chapter 12. I'd like to read verses 1 to 3. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And also I'd like to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 24 to 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. You know, every day he wants us to strap on our running shoes, toe the mark, and run our race to win. My first point in my message is we have a heritage of faith and God's faithfulness. Here in, in Hebrews, he talks about seeing we have this great cloud of witnesses. Now, these are, as you look in chapter 11, this is the, the hallmark, the hallway of faith, all those that, uh, it just gives a list of many, says by faith, this one, that one, and the other one, they have, continued they have persevered they have they have pressed on to finish their personal race and it says that we have this cloud of witnesses you know this is uh, at first i began i thought that this was like a, like people looking over the balcony of heaven and watching us you know kind of uh, urging us on that they were actually onlookers. But the idea is that they're not onlookers, that they could be disappointed, but they are examples. They are examples. They have provided by their life that the life of faith is the only life to live. That this same God, which to whom they were faithful, is our God. The God of yesterday is the God of today and tomorrow. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And they are witnesses to us that God will see us through. 
God will see us through. There are many beautiful parts of our journey, and we like, to, we like those parts. When everything is quiet and serene, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, sustains us. We think of that in Psalms 23, where he leads us through by the still waters and uh, through the green meadows. But there's also times of struggle. And we have uh, Paul's example here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He wrote of being hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, he talks about some really, really tough times, times that he was stoned, times that he was in the deep for a couple of days, times that he was uh, persecuted, times that he was rejected, stoned. But he said, God is faithful. God was faithful and brought him through all those times. And even when I think of, uh, I'd read once about Billy Graham, when he was reflecting on his journey, his remark was, the Christian life is not a constant high. I have my moments of deep discouragement. So we go through difficult times. We go through the mountaintop experiences that we really can sense God's presence. We know that he's with us. There's other times that we just simply know that he's there because we know that by faith. We are trusting him that in this period of time that we're going through, that he is faithful. And we have this chapter 11 of Hebrews that tells us many, many examples of his faithfulness. We have present-day heroes of faith. We have people that maybe we rub shoulders with and we are inspired by their, by their faith, by their persistence in, in persevering, by their patience, by the, the, the way they live their life, making it count for Jesus. I know that uh, there are people that have impacted my life very powerfully, and it's made a difference in my life. It's, it's in the times that were hard, you can connect with those people and be encouraged. They encourage us, and that is the blessing of having a church family. We have brothers and sisters around us, that we are to encourage one another. It's just like, uh, just like a person running a marathon, and maybe you're, you're running this marathon, but there's people in the sidelines that they're there encouraging you on. They're, they're shouting for you. They're uh, just there to spur you on to 
when you feel like quitting, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like it's just too hard, they are there to say, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. And even at a, at a ball game or at any, any games, you know, when you're cheering on someone that you just, you just want to be there for them, you know, it makes a difference. And so it is. That's part of the purpose of a church family. It's for us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sensitive to the needs of those around us. And if you feel that someone is struggling, someone is discouraged, to just come alongside and say, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. Or uh, even this program about grief share, you know, it's for those that have had this loss in their life. And there's others that are with them, standing with them. Each one helps the other. And we are all stronger because of it. We all can press on a little longer, a little further, because we know that we have someone standing with us. And we are running. Yes, we're running a race. We're running. We're enduring in uh, difficult times, but it is so beneficial when we can uh, stand in and tell someone, you know, I'm praying for you, and pray for them. You know, I know that uh, we, can, we can sometimes be quick to say, well, I'm going to pray for you, but it's imperative that we do pray for them. I know that uh, my husband and I, we, we got a little book, and when someone says, will you pray for me, I go home and I write their name in the book, and uh, they're not forgotten. It's perhaps easy that in the, in the spur of the moment that you'll say, well, yes, I'll pray for you, but make sure that you do pray for them, but come alongside them. This is the, the modern-day heroes of faith, the present-day heroes of faith that are like these examples that it talks about here in, in Hebrews. We are compassed about with a cloud of witnesses, with others that can shore us up and encourage us. And uh, that is so important we have an opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. We do not struggle alone, and we're not the first to struggle with problems. Sometimes we feel like, you know, nobody else has ever gone through what I'm going through. But others have run the race and won, and their witness spurs us on. So it tells us as well, that's my, my first point, is that we have a heritage of faith and God's faithfulness. My second point is that we must throw aside every hindrance and the sin that easily besets us. Now when it mentions throwing aside, that's like throwing off a garment 
that you actually throw something aside. We talk about hindrances, and in a race, there can be hindrances. And that's unnecessary weights. Unnecessary weights. Sin, when it talks about uh, the sin that easily besets us, that's the unrighteous things in our life. And when we pray and we ask God, is there anything in my life that is, that is hindering me, that is besetting me, that is dragging me down? Sin can drag you down. It will drag you down. But hindrances may not actually be bad in themselves, but it could be something perfectly innocent and harmless. However, if it weighs us down, if it diverts our attention, if it saps our energy, if it dampens our enthusiasm for the things of God, we may need to make a choice between what is good and what is better. Sometimes it can be a friend, a friend that is not good for you, a friend that will hinder you in your walk. But there can be hindrances, things that are attractive, that we want to spend more time with than really with the Lord. So we throw aside every hindrance. And like I said, hindrances are not necessarily bad things, but it might be something that is uh, weighing us down. We need to consider that. And also, if we are aware of a sin in our life, the sin, he said, we need to get rid of the sin that easily besets us. We can ask God to search our hearts. The sin is the unrighteous things. And the enemy comes up with all kinds of endless ways to entangle us, derail us, and to keep us from running the Christian life of faith well. It says to run with patience or perseverance, endurance. Perseverance means the act of sticking to a purpose or an aim, never giving up what one has set out to do. To run with patience and perseverance that particular race that God has set before us. And we are not in a 100-yard sprint, but we're in a marathon. It's running for the long haul. And just like the little girl that I said at the beginning, talked about at the beginning, that uh, she didn't realize when she started running that she was running a marathon and not just a 5K uh, 
race, uh, race which in itself is quite a little ways. But uh, all of a sudden she realized, you know, I'm, I'm in a longer race than what I thought. It's going to be a harder race. But she persevered. And you know, sometimes when we come to the Lord, we, we envision it to be quite easy. And it's not always easy. Sometimes it's hard. And the enemy will try everything he can to discourage us. We become weary. Weariness may come from the difficulties of the course. The path is not always through green pastures and besides still waters. Sometimes it's a bleak, rugged, and mountainous course. So there is the weariness. And the scriptures say, be not weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And it tells us that because there can come a weariness. There can come a weariness where you feel tired, where you just feel weary. But he tells us to persevere. Persevere. Um, I think of Elijah who had won a great victory on, on Mount Carmel. But then when he heard that Jezebel was after his life, he ran. He ran into the wilderness. And he said to the Lord, he said, I give up. Take my life. <laughs> I'm tired of this. I just feel like I'm all alone. I can't do this anymore. And that was Elijah. And it says that God sent an angel to minister to him. And some of what he needed was some rest. Some rest. And so we need to also be aware of what our body is telling us. Maybe we need some rest. Maybe we've been putting in 25 hours a day. And we're weary. And that's quite easy to be understood. Maybe we need to take a rest. But the Lord sees you in that time of need. And he will replenish your strength that you are able to continue to press on to walk with the Lord. And my third point is that we must focus on Jesus. That is what keeps us going, our focus on Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We stumble when we look away from him and at ourselves. And yes, we look at ourselves and you know, if we look at ourselves instead of the Lord, we begin to see all of our 
all of our weakness, all of our uh, the impossibilities, all the negatives when we look at ourselves. I'm not able to do this. I'm not adequate for this. I'm overwhelmed by this. I can't make it. You know, that's when we're looking at ourselves. That's why he says that we need to focus on the Lord Jesus. Or we can look at the circumstances around us. You know, this is going wrong. This is going wrong. That's going wrong. Everything is, you know, if it can happen, it does happen. And nothing is, nothing is good. We're looking at the circumstances. How many have ever looked at the circumstances and been uh, discouraged? Yes, yes. That's something like when Peter was invited by Jesus to come to him on the water. And at first he stepped out of the boat and he was walking on the water. He was walking on the water. But then it says he saw the waves were boisterous and the wind was blowing. And those were the, the circumstances. Those were the exterior things that were going on. And he began to sink. And this is something that we need to remind ourselves. I'm not going to sink if I keep my eyes on the Lord. I'm not going to sink if I keep my eyes on the Lord. Jesus, it tells us that Jesus went to the cross despising and ignoring the shame for the joy of obtaining the prize set before him. There were so many things that could have deterred Jesus from going all the way. So many things. And in fact, he prayed to the extent that it was just like great, his sweat was as great drops of blood because he knew what the cross meant. And he said, Father, if there's any way that we can accomplish what needs to be done without me going to the cross. Nevertheless, your will be done. It is very, very important that we consider at times the price that Jesus paid, the race that he ran, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He knew what the price was for him to run his race. But he ran it. Very important for us to keep our focus on Jesus. And this year, we need to be encouraged to keep our focus on the Lord. 
There's things going on in the world that are very upsetting. Things that are, would cause fear and anxiety. The unknown. Yes, this year is the unknown. But it's very, very important. And I encourage each one of us here to keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. Years ago, there was a race between Roger Bannister, the man who first ran a four-minute mile, and an Australian. And they were running a challenge race. It was just the two of them running. The Australian was leading the entire race. And they were coming up on the last 100 yards of the race, just about to the end. And just as Roger Bannister made his move to go around the Australian, the Australian took his eyes off the finish line and looked over his left shoulder to see where Bannister was. As he was looking over his left shoulder, Bannister passed him on the right side and beat him in the race. He only made one mistake. He took his eyes off the goal. It's not how fast we start. It's not how fast we go at any certain point in our life. It's that we keep on following Christ until we finish the course that he has given us to run. Running with endurance means that you continue to follow the Lord. Even when people hurt you, even when people oppose you, even when people reject you or neglect you, those things happen to every Christian. Running with endurance means you don't let that stop you. You just keep on following Christ regardless. And that's what we need to do spiritually. Yes, we need to make plans for the future. And yet in our plans, we need to have that flexibility of what God has for us in the next year or five years, or ten years. The important thing is to take that step today of following him. Near the end of Paul's life, in Second Timothy, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me only, but also to all who long for his appearing. So today, and I might also say, and this is very important too, maybe there's someone here, and you haven't really joined the race. You haven't started that race 
you haven't accepted Christ into your life to become a child of God, you can do that today. You can do that today to acknowledge him and the price that he paid for your sins. That he died, rose again. And that you can accept him into your life and begin this race. But the, the important thing about this race is that it's got a great ending. It's got a great ending. What did Paul say? All those, he's going to award me that price. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness for himself and for all those that have taken on that challenge of running the race of life, running the race of faith in the Lord Jesus. So we're going to pray, and if you're here today and you never have invited Jesus into your life, today is your day. You know, Corey and I were just talking this morning about the days that our children accepted the Lord. They were all at different ages, different situations, but one of them accepted the Lord on the Sunday after New Year's. And when I asked them, we were talking about it just a few days later, and uh, apparently it was at that time that we had stories for the children and sang some children's choruses upstairs here. And I had told the story, and I don't remember the story, other than the main verse was, today is the day of salvation. And this child of ours, as I had prayed and asked them, you know, if they would like to ask Jesus into their heart, they had done that, but I didn't know it that day. But it was a few days later, and I had we were talking about asking Jesus into your heart, and they said, oh, I already did that. And I said, when did you do that? And they said, on Sunday, when you told that story, that today is the day of salvation. And so, you know, this can be a great day for you to accept Jesus into your life. So we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. And I pray, even if there is someone that is here today and they have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do that make the most important decision of their life to say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to live a life that is worthwhile. I want to live my life for Jesus, and I need your help to do it. Father, I pray that you would speak into hearts, and even those that know you, that are on their way 
that are running the race of life, and they have their eyes upon you. Father, I pray that you would help them to persevere, that you would encourage them, that you would walk with them. Walk with us, Lord, in the times that we, we uh, maybe despair of, of the circumstances around us. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will, will strengthen the hands that grow weary and when there's discouragement. Father, that we can keep our eyes upon you, focus upon you, and know that there is coming a day when we will be in your presence and you will say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. Father, we want to hear those words. And I pray for each one that is here today and in the sound of my voice, Father, that they will acknowledge you and know that you will walk with them through the good times and through the hard times, that you will keep them as we focus upon you. Father, we thank you for this year. We thank you that you have been with us in the past. We thank you, Lord, that you have kept us. We thank you for the moving of your spirit in our lives. And, Father, we look to you for this coming year that uh, even as we keep our eyes upon you, that this will not be a hard thing for us, but it will, uh, we will have the joy of the Lord in our hearts and in our souls, knowing that we are serving you and you are doing great and wonderful things not only in our life, but in the lives of many others around this world. Father, we pray that uh, you would be very near to each one. Even those that are watching online, I pray that they will have a sense of the Spirit of God being present with them where they are, where they're at at this time. Thank you, Lord that you are drawing people onto yourself. Thank you, Lord, that uh, many will come to know you this year and uh, help us to be a part of that. Help us to be sensitive to your spirit that uh, we, can, we can be an encouragement, that we can be someone to come alongside and to walk with people through the difficult times of life. Father, we just thank you for each one that is here, thank you for the moving of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.